You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven. Five of them are grown and two are still at home. I'm also a mother-in-law and a grandma too. God has given me a passion for encouraging and equipping moms in this worthy journey of motherhood. For the past 20 years at parenting events and moms groups, I've been privileged to meet many mamas who are doing their best to be intentional in loving their kids, preparing them for life, and loving the Lord too. It's my honor to bring you tools for the journey every week. You can find lots more resources on my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. That's also where you can subscribe to receive my weekly email of a blog post and podcast, all sharing the same theme for that week. Intentional Moms, let's get started with building stronger families right now. Well, hello, sweet mom friends. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. I am sneaking back on the podcast one week early before I'm finished with my break. But don't worry, you will still meet one more guest host next week to finish up my sabbatical time. As you know, I have been taking 12 weeks off from producing new content for the podcast because I've been writing my fifth book, called Your Love Becomes Their Strength, Answering the Six Questions of Your Child's Heart at Every Age. I am so excited to share with you very soon, but not today, about the spiritual journey I have been on over the last three months, the heart lessons of my own that God has been teaching me about trusting Him and His timeline in our lives, And he has had some hard but good lessons to teach me about my children's hearts. It's been a humble reminder that we never become perfect at demonstrating love effectively to our kids. I have told you here before that God sure does love to teach me current lessons on whatever it is I'm about to share in my ministry, whether that is on the podcast or when I'm going to speak at a group or whether I'm writing a book. He is right there with me involved in the process and showing me I don't have it all figured out. I genuinely believe that what he's doing at those times is he's keeping me humble He's helping me to be more empathetic with all of you and whatever issue we're going to discuss. And he is filling in the gaps of lessons I still needed to learn on the topic in order to make it a more effective message for all of you. While I never enjoy the lessons at the time, I am always grateful for the important truths he teaches me at those times. And this writing process over the last 12 weeks has been no different. I think of the scripture, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's from Hebrews 12, 11. And so it is that our good God has had some lessons for me to learn over the last three months, lessons that have brought added richness to the pages of the book that would not have been there if he had not brought these lessons to my life. God has been so amazingly gracious to give me some new insights during the writing process in more effectively answering the questions of our children's hearts. 
It has been such an exhilarating spiritual journey over the past 12 weeks. I'm going to share about that along with some of the other nuggets of new understanding that God has given me about answering the aching longings of our children's hearts. And that is coming to the podcast in two weeks. But next week, our guest host will be Liz Mall as she shares her favorite podcast from the Practically Speaking Mom Vault for today. We are doing two things. We're looking at strategies for utilizing Valentine's Day as a time to impact our children's hearts, both in feeling more treasured by us and the other family members, and also in greater wisdom regarding romantic love. Technically, you could use these ideas that I'm going to share today any time of the year, not just Valentine's Day. So that'll come later in today's episode. Right now, you are probably asking, why am I here today giving new content when we have one more guest host for the 12-week sabbatical? Well, let me tell you. I'm here because it is one week before Valentine's Day, and I really don't want your family to miss out on the great opportunity that can be wrapped up in that day. I wanted to share this info with enough days ahead of time before Valentine's for you to be able to add this to your next week's plan. Why do I care so much about Valentine's Day? Well, I actually don't care at all about Valentine's Day. What I care about is the hearts of your children and impacting them. And I just happen to think that Valentine's Day is a fantastic excuse to do that. You do know that your kids learn something better when it has a personal connection to their lives, right? So since Valentine's Day is a social holiday, I know, a social holiday. I I find that annoying. I don't like feeling like I'm a consumer who's been hoodwinked into giving my hard-earned money away to the greeting card and decorations industry. And well, that perspective of mine pretty much shaped how I handled Valentine's Day until a few years ago when you all changed my perspective. So yeah, in our private group, Intentional Mom Strong Family, I had made a post few years ago, asking you all if you had any family traditions for Valentine's Day. Your ideas were great, and they got me to thinking that maybe I should do more with this day as an opportunity to bond the family, to demonstrate to our kids how much we treasure each of them individually. I'm not saying we didn't do that before. We we did do that You know, my husband would give the roses to the girls and sometimes I'd have them dressed up really cute, which they love to do to get the roses from dad. And I'd give some goodie bags to the boys. You know, I mean, we did something. We had a meal. We we baked a cake. You know, we did something. But I was missing out on a real opportunity to deeply impact their hearts, both how they felt treasured the bonding in the family, but also their perspective about romantic love, dating, and marriage. You see, here's the thing. If you look at your overall life, what has had the biggest impact? I mean, like really shaped what your life looks like today. For me, the biggest impact has been being a follower of Christ, making that decision. The second biggest impact was the decision to marry my husband, Rich, of almost 30 years. Our romantic relationships end up hugely impacting our entire lives, how we date, who we marry, how we do marriage, how we did dating. These factors are massive in shaping our overall future. And yet, 
in raising our children and preparing them for life, how much time do we devote to instilling wisdom in their hearts regarding romantic love, or regarding guarding their hearts, or regarding who they should marry, not as an individual person, but as in qualities to look for, and how to do marriage well. How much time do we spend instilling that? Whether we are a single parent or a married parent, there are so many important principles we want to pour into the hearts of our children regarding romantic love. Using Valentine's Day as a time to do that only heightens the impact because they are connecting the lesson to something that is actively happening in their lives today. Now, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you some recommendations for Valentine's Day, a plan that we've been using for the last couple of years. And my kids have loved it. They look forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, all of this is in a blog post. So if you go to my show notes, you can click on there. It'll have a link to the blog post. Or you can always get to my podcast and blog posts on my website, Practically Speaking Mom. Dot com. I'm going to have an announcement in two weeks about something big that will be there soon. I'm so excited about it. But anyway, here's a question for you. What do you wish your kids knew about romantic love, about guarding their hearts, about dating? I'm going to ask you a couple more questions here. And, and so really today is sort of more about asking you questions than it is about answering them. Because what I want you to do is go to this blog post and look at the questions. And if you're married, the two of you discuss this. If you're not married, you, no matter what, prayerfully, you know, be figuring out these questions, whether it's just you or whether it's you and your spouse. Okay, next question. What benefits did you experience in dating when you did? And how did you like, what age were you? And What kind of thoughts were you having? How did it impact the person you were right then because of dating? What problems did you experience in your life because you were dating then? Why do kids often seek a boyfriend or girlfriend? That's another question I want you to ask yourselves, but I'm going to kind of answer this one from my perspective for a minute. So the question again is, why do kids often seek a boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it because of all the other kids? Are they doing that? And so your kid wants to? Is it because they like the idea of romance? They see these super fairy tale stories uh, in all these movies and they want that experience. Is that why they start dating? Is it because they long to be chosen by someone? Is it because they long to be pursued by someone? Are they connecting their self-worth to who likes them or who pursues them or, or who validates them? Where should their self-worth and validation come from? I want my child's self-worth to come from knowing they were created with a purpose. I want their self-worth to come from knowing who they are as an individual and who they are becoming. I want their self-worth to come from knowing they are part of a family who loves them and that they have a unique and important role in that family and in the community and a role among their friends and a role in their society and a role in their church. I want them to be aware of their strengths, and I also want them to be working on their weaknesses. The growing up years are a time for growth and becoming and exploring interests and overcoming obstacles and identifying problems in the world that they can be part of the solution. 
It's about knowing who they are in Christ, the unique ways he made them, and the one-of-a-kind message they are becoming in the world, a message of God's grace in their lives, of God's goodness and his beauty and creativity poured out to the world because he designed your child. So here's what I'm saying. Pursuing and maintaining a romantic relationship too young can easily thwart their life development in these growing up years. So mom, what age is too young to have a romantic relationship? And what age is old enough to start dating? If you don't want them dating too young, you need to know that so that you can let that principle impact how you parent them before the dating years arrive. If you know you want them to wait until the older teen years, for example, to date, then it is a good idea not to joke about them having a boyfriend or girlfriend when they're five. Does that influence their self-perception if we start, you know, joking about that, drawing attention to that? You are the parent, and that is a call for you to make. I just want to encourage you to think through where you as parents stand on some issues regarding romantic love, guarding their heart, and them learning how to guard other people's hearts. And I really want to encourage you not to delay in figuring out where you stand. The earlier the better, so that your parenting influence regarding romantic love can be more intentional and effective. Okay, I know, my two favorite words for parents, intentional and effective. Well, yes, that is exactly what my ministry is about. It is my passion to help you realize that it is not good enough to mean well as a parent. We have to learn how to be effective in our efforts. And it is my prayer that this episode will help you to be more effective and intentional in your parenting your children about romantic love and their heart. Here's some more questions. What do we want to teach our kids about guarding the other person's heart in a romantic relationship? What kind of criteria do you want to recommend to your child about selecting someone to date? How well do you want your child to know someone before they go on a date? You know, is friendship first an important principle that you have? How well do you, the parent, need to know the person who wants to date your child before you let them date? What are good boundaries in dating and how can a person date in such a way as to keep those boundaries? Is that possible? What's the purpose of dating? What's the purpose of marriage? What marriage principles do you want to share with your children? What have you done well in your marriage? What are some regrets you have in marriage? So that's a list of questions that you can find in a blog post. You know, I I put out a blog post or an email every Monday. If you go to my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com, and scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a spot there for you to enter your email address, and then you will get that each week. If I make a blog post that coordinates with the podcast, then you will receive a blog post. Otherwise, you will receive an email that will contain the, the podcast and maybe some other announcements from me. Also in the blog post is a link to some conversations that we had in the Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group 
recently about these questions. So I asked some of these questions in there, and then they talked about them. Well, I've opened up a lot of questions without giving very many answers today, and I really hope you will spend some time formulating your own thoughts on these issues. As we begin season three of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast in a couple of weeks, this will be one of the topics over that new season. Uh, We're going to take a deep dive on a lot of different topics. This is just one of them. Now, one of the ways that we will take a deep dive on this topic is one of my daughters, Abby, who is a senior in high school this year. She and I will discuss several different books together on the podcast. I also have some guests who will be coming on the podcast to discuss lots of other themes this year. We'll talk more in the season opening in two weeks. You want to be watching for the season opening for season three. Next week, you will meet guest host Liz Moe, and you've met her once before when I was a guest on her podcast, and then I re-aired it on ours, so, well, a portion of it anyway. Let's wrap up today by my sharing some ideas with you for impacting your child's heart on Valentine's Day. Okay, here's some general ways that your family members can feel more treasured by each other. So these would be some bonding activities that you could do. I've got a couple of them. First one, but I do have an overall plan we're going to talk about in a minute as well. Okay, first of all, just some general bonding ideas. Uh, Give your kids art supplies so they can make a valentine for each family member, telling what they love about that person or why they appreciate them. That's one way you could handle this. A second idea, have each child make a little Valentine's poster. You know, they make their own poster about them and they leave a spot in it for everybody to write on each other's poster. A uh, different idea, draw names among family members, find secret ways to bless your family member whose name you drew. You're going to bless them every day for a few days or a week, whatever you decide. For example, they could secretly make their person's bed or set their favorite snack on their pillow or complete one of their chores for them and leave a note that says, hey, your chore is completed. Uh, Then on Valentine's Day, everyone can guess who drew their name. Have a family brainstorming session to make acrostics of each family member's name, identifying specific characteristics of that person. Use these acrostics then as the placemats for the Valentine's meal. So there's a few family bonding ideas to build that treasuring experience. But now I'm going to talk to you about my overall Valentine plan that we've used and have loved it. The goal of this Valentine plan is to treasure one another and grow family bonding. And secondly, to instill wisdom regarding romantic love. First part of this, each family member contributes to the evening in the following ways. Number one, everybody provides part of the decorations. They could provide flowers or make name place cards or placemats. They could make a fancy menu page. They could hang a string of lights or paper chain or streamers or balloons. They could make big hearts with Bible verses about love on them that they could stick around the the table or around uh, the walls. They could set the table with the nicest dishes and glasses that your family have. So that's some different ways that each person can contribute to the decorations. The second way that everybody contributes on this night, each family member contributes to the meal. 
They could make the salad or bread or appetizer or main dish or dessert. You get the idea. Including them in the ingredients gathering at the store is super fun. Also, if you don't mind a little bit of grocery store chaos. Um, Now, little ones, they, of course, can't do a lot of those things, but you can find a way for each of them to contribute. Even if that child just had a bag of baby carrots and they are to put a baby carrot at each person's spot, let everyone contribute some way to this meal being special. And then the third and final way that everybody contributes is everybody provides some aspect of entertainment. They can provide the dinner music by selecting songs from Spotify or turning on a CD. They could read a poem. They could sing a song or do a magic trick or dress in super cute Valentine's outfit. Uh, My daughter, Emma, she collected some jokes to read to the family the first year. She asked her sister to strum the guitar behind her jokes, and it made it hilarious. Think of this as a variety show, and it can be lighthearted and super fun. So those are the ways that the family contributes. Now I want to talk to you about how mom and dad, or just mom, you know, whatever your family looks like, what they contribute to this meal. And the first thing is, share a bit about your love story with your kids. Even if your spouse has passed away or you are divorced, it is so good for your children to hear about the story that led to their existence. Be sure to teach some lessons in your story, some lessons you learned along the way. If they're old enough, you can share some regrets as well. And then secondly, a super fun way that you could also add to this is your kids could come up with some questions for mom and dad to play a clean version of the newlywed game. We have done this before and it is so fun. Wrap up the time by sharing some important principles you want your kids to know about guarding their hearts, about dating, about marriage. And then you guys can wrap up your evening with watching a movie together. And of course, you want to select an appropriate family movie that includes some romance so that you can ask them three questions. You could either do this as you go through the movie or at the end. If it's at the end, if you plan on sharing these questions at the end, give them the list of questions ahead of time so they can be watching for this stuff, okay? So here's the three questions. How did the characters in the movie handle their own hearts? Number two, How did the characters in the movie handle other people's hearts? And number three, did they let their feelings lead their actions or did they lead their hearts? For a list of movies that I recommend for this or that our family likes for this, you will find that in the blog post. And it was so good to be back with you all today. Again, next week, Liz Mall, and then the week after that, be watching for our season three grand beginning. Super excited. See you then.